hello, 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 and welcome to Marie's Monologue. I am your host, Sarah Marie, and yes, we are in season one. This is episode number four, and in this season of Marie's Monologue, we are just taking the time to reclaim our time and just taking care of ourselves. And so for this episode, I wanted to talk about just staying active and keeping moving. Um, My husband said something to me the other day. He said, it's great to stay motivated, but are you actually staying activated? Um, And so that was something that really stuck with me. And so I just wanted to um, talk about moving and staying moving and staying active and why physical activity is so important to us all of us no matter what our um fitness goals are physical activity is important for your not only for your health but for your mental health not only for your physical health but also for your mental health as well um and i come to this as a Zumba instructor, as a group fit instructor, I have a personal certification, personal training certification as well. I don't really do a lot of personal um, training, but um, I do teach Zumba and group fit classes, and staying active is just something that is um, important to me because I'm somebody who, as a child, I was not active. Um my parents were wonderful parents but they did not put an emphasis on physical activity they put their emphasis on our education so instead of um, going outside and playing a lot of times we were inside studying Um, and you know there are good things about um, staying in and studying, but on, on, at the end of the day, I was a very inactive child and I was overweight, um, because of it. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to have the goal of losing weight, um, or being quote unquote in shape because everybody is born in differently. Everybody is here to do different things. But for me, um, because I was an active I did um, gain a lot of weight, and then when I went to college, I started taking fitness classes, and I found out that I actually really enjoyed physical activity, so I did not go into those fitness classes with the idea of I'm going to lose weight. I just went into those fitness classes as actually something to do um, to get extra to get the amount of credit hours that I needed to still be a full-time student, if we're just going to be completely honest about it. Um, It was spring semester, and so I wanted to take less academic classes, but for health insurance, I had to remain a full-time student, so I took some... um, I think the first class that I took was actually Zumba. It was. And I took Zumba and I think yoga maybe that same year, And I just found out that I actually loved fitness and I loved being in the gym. Um, And for me, 
what fitness does is I'm a very goal-oriented person. So when I'm able to hit my fitness goals, it gives me a mental boost and it makes me feel more confident and it makes me feel better about myself um, as I go along my day. So for me, um, physical activity is just something that I'm very passionate about. Um, but I don't want anybody to feel intimidated by this and feel like I'm trying to make you lose weight or anything like that. Losing weight is often a side effect of vigorous physical activity, but there's nothing out there that says that you even have to necessarily do physical. Well, I'm not going to say there's nothing that says that. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not here to tell you what to do. Um, I'm just here to tell you what's worked for me. And for me, staying physically active has definitely helped my mental health astronomically. Um, so yeah, let's just get into this. Like I said, today I just wanted to talk about staying active, staying moving, and just, um, yeah, physical activity. Um, I do come to this as somebody who has used physical activity to overcome quite a few um, different mental obstacles in my life. Um and so I just want to help you all do the same thing. So making sure that we stay active is just an essential step in self-care. There's a direct link between being inactive and sedentary and higher risk of multiple different diseases. And now I do, like I said, I want to be careful and note that we are not necessarily talking about losing weight here. We're simply talking about moving more. Um, while vigorous activity is likely to cause weight loss, I do understand that that is not everyone's goal and it does not have to be. We were all put on this planet with different purposes, with different ideas, with different goals, and that is how it's supposed to be. I just really want to encourage us all to keep moving according to how we feel and according to our own personal goals. Um, and I understand that even the word exercise can be triggering to some people. So unless I'm talking about moderate to vigorous intensity activities, I'm really going to try to just use the word um, physical activity to just be general and indicate that you really can do any type of movement, be it big or small, and you'll still get some benefits. Um, physical activity is typically broken down into three different intensity levels. It's typically light, moderate, and vigorous levels of activity. And there's such an, 
array of different types of physical activity that with intent, anyone can really add more physical activity to their day. Now, I do realize that there are some people who have physical and mental limitations, and these people really should work with professionals to come up with a regimen and a plan that works for them. As I've said, I am not a medical professional. I am not a doctor. What I say does not constitute as medical as medical help, as medical um, advice. I am just telling you things that have worked for me. Um, and I know that even when I don't feel like it, um, even making little movements helps me in big ways. So the first thing I want to talk about is just why physical activity is important to us in general. Physical activity is important because it can prevent delay or alleviate a wide variety of different conditions. So here's a list of the top six conditions that I found, but honestly, there are so many more than just this six. Um, The first benefit is that it's going to help with your heart. We all know this. Um, Physical activity can help with both heart attacks and heart disease. Physical activity helps make the muscles of your heart more efficient so that it's going to be pumping out more blood with each beat. Um, And so this is going to allow your heart to beat slower and it's going to keep your blood pressure under control. So the more you train your heart, the lower your resting BPM is going to be, your resting beats per minute, which just means that um, your heart with each pump is just going to be pushing out more blood and working more effectively. Exercise also helps with heart attacks and heart disease because it's going to help increase the HDL cholesterol. That's the good cholesterol that they talk about. And in turn, it's going to help lower the LDL or the um, bad cholesterol. The second physical, um, the second condition that physical activity can help with is diabetes. Physical activity can help boost your body sensitivity to insulin. And it can help lower your blood glucose levels. So when you exercise at moderate levels, your body uses more glucose, your, um, your muscles use more glucose, which is the sugar that's in your blood. Um, and since you're using more, more of that blood sugar, your, your blood sugar goes down and it helps to regulate um, your glucose levels. Um, In the long run, this also helps your body's sensitivity to the insulin. It helps your pancreas. Um, The third thing that exercise is going to help you with is going to be cancer. There is significant evidence that physical activity, especially at the moderate and vigorous levels, is linked to lower risk of many different types of cancer. Um, including colon cancer, breast cancer, endometrial cancer, esophageal, and 
I'm going to say this wrong, but esophageal adenocarcinoma. Actually, I think I said that right. Um, myeloma, myeloma, myeloid leukemia, and there's tons more. Um, the fourth condition that exercise can help you with is strokes. It can help prevent strokes. A stroke happens due to a lack of blood to the brain. And high blood pressure is a very important risk factor to stroke. And we already talked about how physical activity helps with high blood pressure. When we talked about how it helps with heart attacks. Um, so in the same way, it helps with strokes. It helps reduce and lower your risk of having a stroke. The fifth condition that um, physical activity can help with is arthritis. Physical activity helps with arthritis and joint pain by strengthening the muscles around the joints themselves and helping you to maintain good bone support. Um, on the flip side of that, inactivity um, is just going to make arthritis worse. So I know a lot of people, especially... Um, a lot of people come to me as a Zumba instructor and tell me like, oh, I don't know if I can do this because I have um, arthritis in my knees. And what I'd like to tell people is that um, you you don't have to do the full range of movement. You have to, you just have to keep moving and you can move just side to side and do what you need to. But as long as you keep moving, you're going to help yourself. Um, but it's once you stop moving that everything starts to get worse and goes downhill. So even if you can't do a full range of motion, some physical activity is better than none. And then the sixth thing, the sixth condition that physical activity can help with is depression and anxiety. And this one is actually one that is near and dear to me. As I am a person who, especially with my children, um, I develop postpartum depression pretty easily. Um, and it's physical activity that I know helps me through this. Um, physical activity helps with anxiety and depression by releasing those feel-good endorphins. And those feel-good endorphins um, are like almost do the same thing to your brain as morphine does without having the um, chemical dependency. And then on top of those feel-good endorphins that you're getting when you're doing the, the movement itself, the physical activity also provides indirect benefits, such as just simply getting your mind off of the negative thoughts that tend to happen when you start to get depressed or when anxiety starts to rear its head. Um, so if you go for a walk or you find whatever physical activity might be best for you, you are taking your mind off of that um, spiral that anybody with depression or anxiety is familiar with. Um, besides from just taking your mind off of that, Physical activity also helps you gain confidence as you're hitting personal goals. You the, the point is to set goals that are attainable 
yet still challenge you so that once you hit them, you actually start to feel good about yourself and it starts to boost your self-confidence and you will take that confidence with you outside of the gym. Um, And then it also just gives you more social interaction. So I know for me, um, especially when I'm going through my um, stuff and it's postpartum, a lot of times I am stuck at home by myself. My husband's at work and I'm sitting at home with a newborn baby um, all by myself. Well, physical activity helps me with that because I like to do Zumba, which gets me into a class with, you know, 15, 10 other women who most of them have had babies. Most of them have been through that, you know, postpartum stage. And so they may not, um, I don't have to tell them, Hey, I'm going through postpartum depression. They come up and they ask you, Oh, how are you doing? How are you feeling? They might tell you, Oh, you look, you're looking great. Hey, you may not feel it, but hearing it from somebody else boosts your confidence. So um, physical activity can help you gain that social interaction that is so needed when you're going through those, um, those, those spirals of depression and anxiety. Um, those were just the top six things that I found. There's so many more. Um, for instance, physical activity can help you have a easier labor, a, um, a healthier pregnancy overall. Um, physical activity can um, help with Alzheimer's, um, I saw. Now, I don't, I didn't look into it all the way um, for Alzheimer's, but I do know that um, from experience with my grandmother who ended up having dementia, um, she had dementia for, I, I don't quote me on this, but I want to say about four years, maybe five to six years prior to having a stroke. And um, it eventually was a second major stroke that took her from this earth um, and led her to the ancestral realm. Um, but I know from experience with that, that stroke... Dementia can be caused by little tiny mini strokes and I didn't find that information out until after my grandma had her first stroke Um, But I did find research that linked strokes to mini strokes to dementia So they think that there's a possibility that when people have dementia They might have had mini strokes that didn't come up in any type of um, testing Um, so yeah, those are just some of the few conditions that staying physically active can help you with. Um, and while physical activity is not an end all cure all, it's just an important preventative measure and an important part of taking care of ourselves. Um, an important part of taking care of ourselves is making sure that we are giving ourselves the best possible quality of life, both now in the present and in our future for our future selves. Um, So physical activity is definitely important for that. Um, 
So now that we've talked about the things that physical activity can prevent, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper just into physical activity itself. There are four main types of physical activity and it's important to include each type of training in your weekly training regimen. The first type of um, training is going to be known as endurance training. And this is what most people are gonna think about when they think of exercise. It's also known as aerobic training. Um, This is a lot of your cardio type of exercises or physical activities. And endurance training speeds up your heart rate and it gets you breathing heavy, gets you panting. This is the main, um, like I said, this is the main type of activity that most people are gonna think of when they think of exercise. Um, This type of training is great for lowering lowering blood pressure. It's going to help lower your blood sugar. Um, It helps reduce inflammation. It raises your HDL, the good cholesterol levels. And it helps reduce, um, I'm sorry, it helps relax your blood vessels. And it also helps boost mood and energy levels. Um, Your endurance training, examples of endurance training is going to be running, walking, dancing, biking or cycling, indoor or outdoor. Um, You've got hiking. I would even put things like um rock climbing into this um, although that is going to be a little bit of strength too Um, swimming would be an endurance exercise Um, and then just like I said most of your typical cardio exercises are going to be endurance type of exercises the second type of exercise I'm sorry of training that we think of when we think of exercise is strength training. And just like the name suggests, strength training is going to focus on making your muscles stronger. This type of training helps with your blood pressure. It's going to help with glucose levels. It's going to help with mental health and it reduces cancer cancer risk and lowers the risk of injury. Strength exercises typically use things like weights or resistance bands, but it can even include just your own body weight. Examples of strength exercises are going to be things like your squats, crunches, bicep curls, lunges, um, things like that. You've got like your TRX is going to be strength training. The third type of training is balance training. Balance training helps us to improve or maintain stability. Many of these exercises are going to target your lower body and your core. Um, It's going to be things like maybe standing on one foot um, or just your basic, your yoga, um, your chai tea, I'm sorry, your chi, tai chi, 
Those are the most common types of balance trainings. Um, the fourth type of training is going to be flexibility and <laughs> hold on, I just gotta laugh like because I kept saying I don't know if I ever said it right. Tai Chi is what I was thinking of, like the exercise that you see that's very it almost looks like um a mix of martial arts and yoga. Um, but I think I kept saying chai tea, which is one of my favorite drinks. But Tai Chi is a good exercise, a good example of balance exercising. Um, the fourth type of exercise is going to be flexibility training. Flexibility exercises are good for um, loosening up your muscles and increasing your range of motion. So flexibility exercises focus on stretching your muscles. Um, and when we're stretching, we should be sure that we are doing our stretches in one smooth, fluid motion and we're not being jerky with it as being jerky can um, lead to you pulling a muscle or a ligament. Um, your flexibility training is going to be things like your basic stretching and again your yoga and your Tai Chi. Um, those are going to be examples of flexibility trainings. Now you do not have to do every single type of training every single day but it is important to incorporate each and every type of Fit, um, each and type of each and every group into your weekly um, fitness routine and incorporating all of the groups is going to help you keep a variety in your routine and break up the monotony so that you don't get bored with your fitness routine um, so now we've talked about the different types of exercise I want to talk about how hard we should be going in the gym. So we all have different goals because we all have different needs. Um, but when we're training, it's important that we work hard enough to see the benefits so that we can reach our goals while we are also being careful to not overexert ourselves. So intensity is the measurement of how hard you're working while doing a certain activity. You can figure out your intensity levels by using a variety of different methods. Um, there is the talk test. You can measure your heart rate um, or you can just look at the type of activity that you're doing um, and that can tell you. So like I said before, Activity is typically broken down into three different levels. It typically goes light, moderate, and vigorous. And the most general way to measure intensity is going to be looking at the type of activity. But this is also going to be the least accurate way of measuring intensity. Because as I've said many times, everyone is different and everyone has a different starting point and everyone has a different goal so 
um, a light jog may seem like a task to someone who isn't active, but it could feel like it's barely a warm up to somebody who's like a seasoned athlete like LeBron James. Um, so here are just a couple of examples of exercise by intensity level, but this is by no means law. Um, so for some examples of light intensity physical activities, you can do a slow walk. You can do active shopping, like grocery shopping um, would be light physical activity, light standing work. Um, like washing the dishes, um, playing an instrument, playing some video games is even light physical activity, um, especially if you are, you know, rocking side to side and really getting into the game. Um, and then light housework, like doing your laundry is going to be um, light physical activity. Examples of moderate physical activity is going to be things like um, walking briskly, maybe walking three to four miles per hour. That's just general though, because like I said, everybody has different goals. Um, biking slowly, less than um, 12 miles per hour or so, just taking a, like, a light stroll on a bike, going mostly downhill, something like that. Um, mowing the lawn is going to be moderate physical activity. Um, heavier housework, maybe this is like mopping the floors, sweeping, washing the walls, things like that. Moderate physical activity. Swimming, um, depending on how hard you're going, can be either moderate or vigorous. Um, getting into the vigorous types of physical activity. Like I've said before, depending on how hard you're going, swimming can be either moderate or vigorous. Running or jogging, again, can be moderate or vigorous, depending on how fast you're running or what your fitness level is. Hiking can be vigorous activity, especially if you're going up steep mountains or hills. Um, shoveling snow can be vigorous physical activity. Um, biking over 14 miles per hour or so, um, or um, biking uphill, playing soccer, playing basketball, football. Um, most sports are gonna be considered vigorous activity. Even things like carrying a heavy load. So if you are doing like a, a home remodeling project um, or something along those lines, you might actually get some some vigorous physical activity done that way as well. So it's important to note that there are physical activities that are not traditional exercises at each level of intensity. That's why I say that it is, um, there is a way for almost anybody to add more physical activity into their um, daily routines. The other way to measure intensity is going to be called the, ta the talk test. And just like it sounds, the talk test is a measure of how well you can talk while you're doing any certain type of exercise. 
So if you can comfortably sing a song while you're moving, then that is going to be considered light exercise. I'm sorry, light physical activity. If you cannot sing comfortably, but you can still talk, carry on a conversation, maybe recite three to four sentences, then that's going to be considered your moderate level intensities. And then if you cannot say anything but a few words before you have to start catching your breath, then that is a sign that you are doing vigorous physical activity. Um, The third type or the third way to measure intensity and to me as a, um, to me, this is the most accurate way to measure it is going to be by measuring your heart rate. Um, So the recommended target heart rate when you're training is going to be between 50% and 85% of what we call your maximum heart rate. So everyone um, is slightly different. But you can estimate your maximum heart rate by calcul. Um, you can calculate it, get an estimate by subtracting your age from two hundred and twenty, and then to calculate your target heart rate, you would multiply your maximum heart rate by 0.5 or divided by half for the low range and multiply it by 0.85 to get your high range. Um, So I know that that sounds complicated. So let me give you an example. I'll use myself. I am 29 years old. So if I take 29 from 220, I get 191 beats per minute. So that would be my maximum heart rate is 91, I'm sorry, 191 beats per minute. So then my target range would be 50 to 85% of 191, which would come out to be 95 to 163 beats per minute. So that would be my target. Now, um, to easily find out what your heart rate is while you're working out, obviously the easiest way is going to just be to get some type of fitness tracker that electronically tracks your heart rate. Um, But, of course, it can be done manually. We didn't always have fitness trackers out there. So to track it manually, just find a clock or a stopwatch and put your index fingers and your middle fingers on one of your main arteries. You can find your main arteries in your neck, you can find it in your chest, and most commonly it's found in the wrist going along um, in line with your thumb. And so you're going to put your index finger in your middle finger and press slightly down on onto the artery until you start to feel that radial pulse. 
the most accurate count would be if you sat there and counted the full 60 seconds. However, that can be hard and pretty tedious. So what you can do is you can do 30 seconds and you can multiply your count by two or you can do 15 seconds and you can multiply your count by four or the least accurate is you can do six seconds, I'm sorry, you can do 10 seconds and you can multiply that number by six. But like I said, keep in mind that each time, the less and less time that you count, the less and less accurate you're going to be on your beats per minute. And it's important to not use your thumb when you're checking your pulse, because as I said, you have a artery going through your thumb down to your wrist. And if you use your thumb to check your pulse, you could end up either double counting a pulse or um, missing a pulse and counting. So you don't want to use your thumb. You want to use your index finger and your middle finger. And so your light physical activity is going to be when you're in a heart rate between 50% to 60%. When you're here, you should feel comfortable Maybe a little warm, but not a full-on sweat. I mean, depending on environmental factors, of course. But um, this is ideal for like your warm-up or your cool-down. Um, maybe, like I said, this is maybe just a slow walk. Um, but depending on your fitness goals, this could be um, your full workout. And that's okay. It's all up to you and your personal goals. Your moderate level of intensity when measuring your heart rate is going to be a um, is going to have your heart rate at sixty to seventy percent. I'm sorry, sixty to seventy five percent of your maximum heart rate. So this should feel like work, and you might start to sweat a bit after about five to ten minutes. And then your vigorous level of intensity is going to be at 75% to 85% of your maximum heart rate. And this is going to be pretty difficult. This is going to get you to start sweating within just a few minutes. Working out at 85 to 100% of your maximum heart rate is not sustainable and is not recommended. It's definitely not recommended for more than a couple of minutes. Um, The exception to that is when you are doing something like a HIIT class, they do ask that you do give it your vigorous to higher, um, but that is because you are going to be taking a rest. So with a HIIT class, typically you're going to do some time on and then take time off and then Give it your all and then take time off. And what you'll do is you'll typically work from um, like a hard level to harder. And then you'll, on the last round, you might give it your all. But um, really, you don't want to try working out at 85 to 100% of your maximum heart rate level. That's just not sustainable. And that's when you're going to start um, overheating. So, um, yeah, 
I did go over different types of physical activity. Um, for me personally, my favorite type of physical activity is definitely um, going to be dancing. Um, with my second favorite type of physical activity being running. And then for my balance and my flexibility, I love, love, love to do yoga. And then um, I I want to get into Tai Chi. Um, that's something that me and my husband are looking to get into. So that might be something that I'm getting into in this next year here. Um, but yeah, there's just so many different types of physical activity out there that... Um, you should just get out there and try something and see what works for you. So um, the American Heart Association recommends that American, or not just Americans, that adults get at least 150 minutes per week of some type of moderate intensity to, um, of some type of moderate intensity exercise or they get 75 minutes per week of vigorous aerobic exercise. So let me say that again. They recommend you get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity exercise or 75 minutes per week of vigorous aerobic exercise every week. Now, you can mix that up and it's preferred that you spread it out. So you don't want to just try to one day get one day get 150 minutes or um, 75 minutes of vigorous activity. You want to spread it out throughout the week. Um, and it's important to know that you can also spread it out throughout the day. So you don't have to feel like you have to get 30 minutes straight of a vig vigorous or moderate activity done. You can get the same effects by just doing three bursts, three bursts of 10 minutes. So maybe you do 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes on your lunch break, in 10 minutes in the evening, um, whatever you can do that works for you. They also recommend that you add some type of moderate to high intensity strength training on at least two days of the week. And it's typically not recommended that you focus on the same body group two weeks, I'm sorry, two days in a row. Um, but I am going to be honest with you. Me personally, I'm bad about that. I prefer to just do um, total body strength training. Um, so what I usually do is um, do my cardio throughout the week on my lunch breaks at the gym. And then I try to just get at least two or three days out of the week. I'll do a quick total body workout. Um It's also, of course, important to be getting flexibility and balance training in. Um, typically, flexibility and balance can go hand in hand. So you can get that done by doing um, some type of yoga or um, something along those lines. Um, but honestly, you can just add balance into your everyday by just taking the time to work up to standing on one foot. Um, so maybe you start with just one foot on the ground completely and one foot just the tip of the toe touching. And then maybe you 
you lift that toe up along the leg. Um, and then I think I'm going to do some videos on this because obviously with fitness, um, it's a lot easier when you can get a visualization of everything. Um, and the American Heart Association also notes that even light intensity activity is going to offset some of the risk associated with being sedentary. So no matter where you are, no matter what your starting point is, you can gradually increase your intensity over time. So it doesn't matter if you sit back and you realize, I may only take 100 steps per day. That is okay. Tomorrow, try taking 110 steps per day. Um, but no matter where you are, you you can you can add a little bit of physical activity and i don't want to be ableist either um, i know that there there are people who can't walk so if you can't walk um get with a personal trainer and find things that you can do that um will keep you active there are things um there are personal trainers that work with everybody um all walks of life to get you into some type of regimen, some type of physical activity regimen. Um, so now let's talk about homework. Um, so for this week, I just want us to start to put intent into being more physically active. Um, so for your first assignment, we're just going to sit down and evaluate the current situation. How active are you on average during a typical week? What physical activity do you already do naturally? Um, maybe you naturally have to take the stairs because you live in an apartment where you take stairs. Maybe you um, naturally have to walk and push a stroller. I don't know. Just sit down and and think about what physical activity you're already doing so that next time you do it, you can put intent into it. The bonus to this is going to be to sit down and evaluate how sedentary you are. And this one can be eye-opening and difficult. And a lot of things can come up for you as you're doing this and you realize how much you don't move in a day. I know that for me, when I sit down, when I have done this in the past, um, it it did, it like, it tore me a little bit because I realized like, um, when I first got my, not, I'm not when I first got my Fitbit, when I first started with my Fitbit after having a child, I realized I was barely walking 200 steps in a day. Um, for many reasons. M one of them was because I was depressed. Um, but sitting down and seeing that helped me because once I realized that I wasn't taking steps, I could put intent into taking them. So w when I hit 300 steps in a day, I could feel proud of myself. 
And that may not have been, you know, a goal to somebody who's hitting their 10,000 steps every day. But for me at that time, it was an accomplishment. So it is important to sit down and actually evaluate how much time you spend sitting just as much as you spend um, moving. The second assignment is going to be to create your fitness goal, create your activity goal. Make sure that this is something that feels right for you. I'm not asking you to set a body goal. I'm not asking you to say, I'm going to run a marathon. I want you to sit down and set a goal that is going to be attainable for you and is going to feel good for you. If your true goal feels scary, it's okay to break your big goal down into little goals. The bonus for this exercise is to going to be to sit down and focus on goals that will truly make you feel good. Not, oh, society says big butts are in right now, so I want a big butt. But what you actually want for yourself and what you actually envision for yourself. Third, create your weekly, I'm sorry, create your weekly routine. Try to mix up the types of training and incorporate each of the four groups into your week. The bonus for this X for this assignment is going to be that once you're ready, I want you to step outside of your comfort zone and try to incorporate a new type of activity. You don't have to stick with it, but I just want you to, once you're comfortable in your own fitness routine, step outside of it and try something new. So maybe you are just starting out walking. I want you to maybe try going to a Zumba class. Maybe you try going to a group fit class. Maybe that's already your thing. Maybe you're already somebody who does TRX or CrossFit. I want you to in turn try doing something like dancing or doing Zumba. I just want you to try to do something that's slightly outside of your comfort zone and try to do it two times. Once to get the initial shock out of the way and the second time to prove to yourself that you don't like it. And if the second time you decide you don't like it, I promise you never ever have to do it again. But it's important that we step outside of our comfort zones so that we aren't missing out on anything that that might be out there for us. Um, The extra credit for this week is going to be to create your fit story. Figure out the why to your goal and then write a story that tells how you will feel once you hit your goal and why it was important for you to hit this goal. Make sure that you write the story in the present tense. Tell yourself this story right before you start your training to help yourself get motivated. 
So for example, you might say something like, I feel secure because I can run a mile without stopping. This was so important to me so that I could run to safety if need be. Or, I feel confident because I can dance for 10 minutes straight. And this was so important to me so that I could go to the club and feel sexy. Or, I am happy because I can run around with my children without getting winded. This was so important for our bond. And you just focus on that statement as you're doing your training to keep yourself motivated. So for um, tools to help you stay active, of course, you can always shop at Marie's Market. If you go to www.mariesmonologue.com, um, there I've got some fitness gear, I've got fitness trackers, I've got some yoga mats, some weights, um, water bottles so that you stay hydrated while you're working out, and more. Um, and then, of course, remember to always stay in touch. Um, share your progress with me on Instagram, on Facebook, and Twitter. All platforms, I am at Marie's Monologue. That's M-A-R-I-E-S-M-O-N-O-L-O-G-U-E. And you can use the hashtag Marie's Monologue or hashtag MMKeepMoving to tag this episode specifically. And then, like always, I will share my favorite post throughout the week so that we can all stay encouraged and motivate each other. Um, and as always, just remember to stay active, stay motivated, and stay blessed. Have a great week. Um, yeah, I think this was a great episode. Have a good week. Stay blessed. Bye-bye. If you would like to become a sponsor, please reach out to me at mariesmonologue at gmail.com. You can also email me there if you're a small business and you'd like to be featured on Marie's Corner. While Anchor is free, there are tons of things that go into podcasting that aren't, mainly time, so any support is greatly appreciated. There are tons of monetary and non-monetary ways to support this podcast. The first monetary way is by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Marie's Monologue. All patrons get exclusive videos and free shipping on products at Marie's Market. And then there are different tiers that come with their respective perks, such as ad-free episodes, discounts, monthly gifts, and more. You can also donate directly to the podcast through the Anchor app. You can shop for products related to the show, both current and future episodes in Marie's Market. And then, of course, there are non-monetary ways to support this podcast as well. 
You can subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform that you're listening. That way, you can always keep up with the latest episodes and you never have to miss out. You can give me good ratings and leave comments as well. The most important way to support the podcast is to share it with your family and your friends. That way they can listen in too. Maybe you get a study group together and you all work on the homework together. And then of course, just make sure that you're taking pictures and tagging them with the hashtag Marie's monologue as you move through. Um, You can find everything related to the podcast, including the corresponding blogs and Marie's market and more at www.mariesmonologue.com and that's M-A-R-I-E-S-M-O-N-O-L-O-G-U-E.com.